0: Hello there, and welcome to the Best News Podcast from LiveWire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Elena, welcome to week 12 of the Best News Podcast.
1: The dozens.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm I'm excited because I am joining you from Hawaii right now. I managed to uh, trick my TV job into sending me here to do a TV story. <laughs> they asked me, and I say this with all due love and respect to the fine city of Houston, Texas, which I have visited many times and love. But they said, you could do a story in Houston or you could do a story on Oahu. <laughs> and I said, I will have door number two, please, CBS Sunday morning. So I matter- I was um, driving the rental car out here to the um, hotel and... This is not a joke, and I had to swerve on this little two-lane highway because a mango had blown out of a tree and was rolling across
1: the, the road. I just swerved
0: to avoid a rogue mango, which is maybe the most Hawaii thing <laughs> that could ever happen.
1: Was there a yellow sign with like a mango, like a, like a watch, like a deer watch?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like this happens all the time in this one <laughs> little stretch. You just got to watch out for rolling mangoes. Also, that sounds like that could be a good band name, the rolling mangoes. Yeah. I like their early stuff. It's also, oh uh, yeah. You saw the rolling <laughs> mangoes play for like three people at yeah. uh, the Doug Fur Lounge, right?
1: Yeah. And like one of them was, uh, I was trying to think of a guy's name. <laughs> what's a, <laughs> what's a funny, oh, what's the guy from Death Cab for Cutie? Ben Gibbard. ben Gibbard? Yeah, and one of those three people was Ben Gibbard, so... Oh my gosh.
0: My mind... Now, you know, because this is the best news podcast, Elena, we're leaving all of that in. We're leaving all of the... We want to let people <laughs> behind the curtain of what we're doing. <laughs> Sometimes we don't have the Ben Gibbard reference right at the tip of our no. brain, and we need to work through it. And you just got to hear that as a best news podcast listener. All right, well, here we are. Week 12. This is exciting. What. Is the best news that you saw this week, Elena?
1: Oh, well, gather around, friends, and I'll tell you the tale of the book lady of Danville, Virginia. The book lady of Danville, Virginia! Troubadours <laughs> and bards will sing of her hither and yon until our life entire shuffles off this mortal coil. Anyway, so...
0: Wait, did you just make that up? Is that Shakespeare? Is that no, you no, blending no, no. Shakespeare with Pasarello Spear? What was that? That was very convincing. That was not Shakespeare.
1: No, uh, it was it was Shakespeare's uh, stepbrother, Herm- Herman Shakespeare.
0: <laughs> Terry Shakespeare?
1: <laughs> yeah, Chet Chet Shakespeare. <laughs> anyway, so the book lady of Danville, Virginia is actually a woman named Jennifer Williams. Who's a 30-plus-year veteran fifth-grade teacher, or she teaches fifth-grade now, Mm -hmm. in a very small community right on the Virginia-Carolina border. And she's the kind of teacher who carries books with her wherever she goes And somewhere along the line, she has declared a mission to give away one million books to the people in her small community. And she is on her way. I tell you what, she's very close to getting 10% of that goal, which boils down to 90,500
0: books. That's still a lot of, I mean, to do anything 90,000 times. Yeah, that's a Barnes and Noble's worth. Do you know that the Barnes and Noble in the town where my parents live, had to create a new policy to account for my mother. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> she got in the habit of picking up books at, say, garage sales and other places, books that were released recently enough that she could return them to the Barnes & Noble in her town and get uh, a in-store credit like she would she would buy books second hand but then take them back to the Barnes and Noble oh my and God. after years of this one day she came back and there was a sign that basically said we are no longer able to accept uh, books under these certain circumstances, which we and my family call the Susie Burbank rule, and this is not the first place that's had to make some kind of rule to account specifically for my mother's behavior. Hey, man, don't hate the player, hate the game. I know she just loves books, like the book lady of uh, where is it in Virginia? Danville,
1: Virginia. Danville, Virginia, and it actually connects a little bit to Susie Burbank because one of the ways, I mean, this is a teacher, a public school teacher. She has two jobs to pay for this. She pays for most mm. of these books herself, oh and and a lot of them she gets. Uh, secondhand. So Su- she and Susie Burbank are both fans of secondhand books. Uh, and the thing about Jennifer Williams is she grew up being read to... And she knows how much of a leg up that gives students and citizens. So Mm -hmm. it's both a personal and, because she's a trained teacher, a professional goal for her to have every child that she encounters in her community be able to understand what a book is, what a book means, and where a book belongs, which is, you know, in the lives of children. She started in 2017 with like 300 books, mostly thrifted, but now she's just got this ocean of books. There are 40 little free libraries that she keeps filled at all times. This year, she brought all of the students at her elementary school, 245 students. A brand new book and they got to pick it. So they got Aww. to select the books themselves. She has a Facebook page that you can check out called The Joy of Reading. And she's even taken it beyond her school and the uh, elementary school age children in her community and started a book club in 2019 for incarcerated women at the local correctional facility because... Just the same with students, literacy really affects the success rates of incarcerated people as well. And they've read 61 novels in the past three years. Wow. And I bet you could guess. I mean, it's amazing, right? I just, I think this is such a beautiful thing to do if, if uh, you know, I think we should try to support her in getting these books so that she doesn't have to work two jobs if she doesn't want to. And of course, you know who Jennifer Williams, the book lady of Danville's inspiration was for this. Susie
0: Burbank. <laughs>
1: Close. <laughs> if Susie Burbank was from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. We, we don't get through a week on this show without <laughs> no. a mention of Ms. Dolly Parton, who is just out there just doing – the best things in the world constantly.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for that rock and roll album she has promised us <laughs> since we since mentioned her. But yeah, I mean, Dolly Parton has made uh, a lifelong commitment to putting books in the hands of any child in America who wants one. And that is trickling down to the book Lady of Danville. I mean, trickle isn't even the right word. It's, it's like a rapid water flow of great service down to all of the people in this community. And it just, uh, it was such great news to hear about it.
0: I also feel like, you know, this is dangerously close to a, uh, Old man yells at cloud territory <laughs> from The Simpsons. <laughs> Abe Simpson, there was a news clipping where he's yelling at a cloud. You know, obviously there are all kinds of great ways that people get written content now and, you know, digital stuff and e-readers and all that stuff, Nooks and Kindles. And, and those are really great and very efficient. But there is something about a physical book that I think... We connect with as human beings At least I certainly did growing up I remember the smell of books Mm -hmm. I remember finding I know this isn't a book technically These are comics But I remember finding a shoebox full of Archie Magazine double digests Mm -hmm. That had gotten a little bit moldy But then I spent the whole summer and like family road trips reading these slightly molded like paperbacks. <laughs> There's something about, it. but it's such a strong sense memory to me. And then you know, getting uh, I loved these kids' books called The White Mountains uh, when I was a kid. These kind of like I guess fantasy sci-fi books. I remember just the physical feeling of holding them, and that connected me as a kid so much to the idea of mm-hmm. of reading and literacy and things. So I think even though it's 2022 and we have all kinds of technology. I think it's cool that these folks in Virginia and some of these incarcerated people are getting this physical book experience because I do think that's really kind of has a, a special importance.
1: Especially if you're young and, and you're still developing physically. Like like tactile mm-hmm. learning is like a crucial part of like K through fifth
0: grade development. So, yeah, you got to hold those books. Yeah, you do. I uh, saw some great news, weird but great news this week that's also from south of the Mason-Dixon. Ooh. It's from – the outskirts of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Where, I don't know if you saw this this headline last week, but somebody had turned their five-year-old dog, a dog named Fezco, <laughs> into the Animal Protective Services in Charlotte because they suspected that Fezco was gay.
1: What? <laughs> oh, God. This
0: was a real thing that happened, Elena. Wow. Fezco, who's a a male dog, was apparently humping another male dog's leg. (laughs) And the Fezco's owners were so troubled by this uh, that they turned Fezco in to the local um, animal protective services. So that story kind of went wide because, of course, anyone with a brain understands that that behavior from dogs is no indication of what their sexual orientation might be. It's a dominance thing. It's just dogs being dogs. Also, who cares if your dog is gay, right? Like, why in the world would you...
1: That has nothing to do with a dog and everything to do with its owners, right? You think? (laughs) Yeah. So that
0: was a story from last week. Fezco, the not really, but in some person's mind, gay dog is turned into Animal Protective Services. The headline from this week, though, is that Steve Nichols and his husband, John Wynn, have adopted... Fezco, Yay. Steve saw this story about Fezco and he identified strongly with Fezco's experience. And he was talking to his husband. He said, you know, we have also faced a lot of stereotyping and sort of, uh, you know, hurtful behavior aimed at us because we are, in fact, gay men, whereas I can't stress enough, nope. no evidence Fezco is a gay dog. He just identified with Fezco's experience and said, we should... Adopt this dog. So he called the TV station that had done the story about Fedsco and got in touch with the shelter. And turns out he was still there and available. So he and his husband went and adopted Fedsco, who turns out if you have an owner who is turning you over to protective services because the owner thinks you are gay as a dog, Mm -hmm. they may also not just be the greatest dog owner in general. And Fedsco had like Mm -hmm. worms and some heart problems. So they got Fedsco to the vet and got him all fixed up. And he is, like, totally healthy now. And they also changed his name. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> they changed his name to Oscar for Oscar Wilde. Ah! Gay icon that he is. Ah, so, interesting. Fetzko, now known as Oscar, is uh, presumably going to live out his days very happily, in whatever way feels right to him, in the care of his new parents, Steve and John. So <laughs> that's the best news that I saw this week. Hey, coming up on the radio show this week, we're going to be talking to podcaster and comedian Jamie Loftus about Cast, which is her hit podcast about the Kathy cartoon. You know, it's it's easy to dunk on Kathy and kind of make fun of the, you know, I'm a chocoholic and act stuff, but Jamie, as Jamie so often does with these podcast projects, just takes this deep dive on, on Kathy the character and Kathy Geiswhite, the creator of the comic, and, you know, feminism and just... A really interesting look at the whole phenomenon of Kathy. Then uh, we're also going to talk to Jelani Memory. Jelani Memory is a dad from Portland. He wanted to find a book that he could read to his kids and with his kids to kind of start a conversation around racism. And he couldn't find that book. It didn't exist. And so he decided to write it. He had never written a book before. And then uh, (laughs) from that, has now grown this whole media company where they've created over 50 books for kids about all kinds of important topics. They've sold hundreds of thousands of copies. It's a pretty amazing story, so uh, tune in for that. Then we're going to hear music from Tolliver, who we discovered when we saw him on The Late Late Show with James Corden, and he was so electric and interesting that we said, we got to get that person on Livewire. So we did, and you're going to get to hear it this Friday, when that episode comes out. So please do check that out. You know, we have an email address, everyone. <laughs> it's bestnews at livewireradio.org We got zero emails last week. Ah, we broke the streak. So we need two next week. We, I know, please. We need to average one email, probably get an email from my mom saying, why'd you bust me out on the Barnes <laughs> & Noble situation?
1: Are there any twins <laughs> that want to write us? Nobody tell, be cool.
0: Nobody tell my mom, please. <laughs> Best news at livewireradio.org. Drop us a line. Just, I don't know, good news from your life or uh, something you like about the show or something you think we could do differently on the show. Um, hit us up. Best news. All right. Thanks to everyone who made this episode of the Best News Podcast possible. Our team of producers, including Laura Haddon, our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks to our intern, Jonas Myers. Also, Molly Pettit, our technical director and mixer. Our theme music composed by A. Walker Spring. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, We are going to be back here real soon with another episode of the show. Until then, please... Go out and just have the absolute best week, news. dear Livewire. When we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together, or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait. Actually, no. Sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of LiveWire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much. If you've left a review and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.